you tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris, and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again, and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year, right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios, and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customise your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live, or you're looking for some more deep-dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. The final race, Abu Dhabi 2023, is what is awaiting for some waffle from us to you. We are here, Tommy, for one final time to review the race around the Asmarina circuit. Are you shedding tears for the fact that the season is over, for the fact that Max has had 19 wins and it wasn't 20 and you feel robbed. Yeah. Where, where, where do you stand right now? Uh, I just, I'm just upset that I'm not going to hear the Dutch national anthem for at least 97 days. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, there is no way that you do not play the Dutch national anthem <laughs> to Grace <laughs> as she goes to sleep. I feel like you'll be brainwashing her like it's over the little baby monitor. It'll be just playing <laughs> <laughs> on loop. <laughs> But yes, well done to Max Verstappen for ruining everybody else's chances of any kind of happiness. Uh, But anyway, before we dive into all the stuff that went on uh, in Abu Dhabi, we've got a a five-star review to share with you from Unhappy01. I hope they're happy now. Uh, From South Africa. This is the best podcast. Love you guys. All the jokes, laughter, seriousness in uh, inverted commas. Matt's heartbreak moments. Thank you. Remember, if you want your five-star review to be read out, please do leave us a review. Let us know why you love this podcast, and we may well read it out next time. So thank you so much, Unhappy01, uh, for that one. Right, Tommy, let's begin with your most memorable moment, shall we? Well, my most memorable moment is pretty much one of the only things that happened in the race uh, that was particularly exciting. But it was, of course, Max's defending on lap one from Charles Leclerc. And I think it pretty much summarised... Max Verstappen's season of just like, why are you so good? It's almost obviously irritating for every other fan of any other team because Charles Leclerc was alongside, almost ahead, what felt like about three times. I still don't really understand how Max, particularly the second one, uh, the second chicane, managed to stay ahead so easily. Just made it look effortless like a lot of the season, really. 
He certainly did. Uh, it was a masterclass in defending, if I'm being brutally honest. And uh, I was wanting, obviously, the other driver, Charles Leclerc, to, to make it through because that was the only chance of us having any kind of fight for, for P1. Uh, and look, now that we know the whole you know, the outcome of the race, it wouldn't have mattered uh, because the as soon as the Ferrari goes on hard tyres, it loses all speed. But um, but the mediums, they were looking pretty good. And and Charles was all over the back of him. I thought, turn one, thought he's got him. Nope. Down the straight into the hairpin. I thought he got him. Nope. Max swung around the outside. And I think, you know, it's great defending from Max, but I think it also allowed for us to have that sort of epic battle for that lap due to the trust that those drivers have in each other as well. They always seem to give each other racing room. Whether that's something that I can kind of turn into a slight bit of improvement that I'd want to see in Charles Leclerc moving forward, where Max Verstappen, if that's the other way around, I think Max Verstappen is going through because he's doing what he does best, which is bleeding off the brakes and not giving that lovely, comfortable, cushiony racing room that Charles Leclerc likes to do. You know, that's the way he races. And perhaps when he starts to fight for championships, that tenacity will increase and, and maybe he will go for, for more risky defences and, and overtakes. But that's something I've just thought of on the fly because I think, yeah, if you put it the other way around, I'm not sure Max is so is so friendly with the room that he, he well he gives. literally wasn't in the last race was he <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's you're, you're right uh i didn't really think about it but yeah if you look at particularly off the line like Charles got an unbelievable start uh, you know he got such bad traction he was alongside um and if that's max verstappen and he's alongside and has the inside line nothing is happening happening other than him being ahead into that corner uh, even if it results in pushing the other guy off or completely missing his braking zone as well um he would have absolutely gone for it so yeah i think it's a a fair criticism but maybe part of it is uh that Charles didn't want to risk losing uh the you know the chance to actually fight in the race and end it all at turn one which you always run that risk if you dare attempt to race Max Verstappen. Question from Opinionated SF19. Let's talk about that lap one, though. We are. If P2 in the championship wasn't on the line, would Charles have been more aggressive with Max as he would have nothing to lose? I, I, I don't know if we're putting too much weight on this whole P2 championship fight. Um, I think that Charles definitely went for it on more than one occasion, um, but had that sort of politeness, I would say, in his racing, where, especially in turn one, he braked reasonably early, made sure to, to hit the apex, not run wide at all. I think if you put it the other way around, Max into turn one is bleeding off the brakes, running wide, Charles then pushed wide off the track, and then it's a lot more chaotic. Um, but that's just the way Charles drives. Whether that'll be something that we criticise later down the line when he's fighting for more wins and for, more, and for championships, which undoubtedly he is going to. You know, he'll be he'll be a ten time world champion by twenty forty. You've heard it here first, um, but yeah, that's just something that that kind of uh, we we've both noticed now uh, with that. But I don't think he would have changed his stance. I think that's just the way Charles drives. Yeah, and as well, like you got to think that you know he could go for an absolute mad lunge, crash into Max Verstappen, and we have and the greatest race year. of all time. 
<laughs> yeah, great for, for all the fans that are watching when Yuki Tsunoda picks up the pieces and wins. But the problem is that, you know, he ends the year like that. Then there's, you know, that you get the whole winter break. Not that I think drivers care too much, although actually saying that, I feel like Charles is probably one of the ones that does and beats up himself quite a lot. I mean, he's you on know, Twitter, be the, so... Exactly. You know. The whole narrative of like oh, Charles crashes all the time. You know, like that would linger into the whole season because of that last race. We know what fans are like after one race. You're only as good as your last race with a lot of fans at F1. And that would like linger for the whole thing. Whereas, you know, it's a lot more sensible to uh, give it your best shot. Didn't happen, but, you know, you secured a a brilliant P2 in the end to end the season on a high and... um, somehow finished ahead of science in the championship which didn't look uh at all likely at uh, the start of the weekend but he did yes he had a rather large stinker didn't carlos Sainz? but we'll get onto his strategy a little bit later on next question from slosh 4000 do you think we will ever see another dominant season by another driver to this level again no i do not i don't think we will ever see that win ratio percentage thing Good words, Matt. I'm really tired. I literally got up at 2.30 this morning uh, to fly back from Sweden. But I don't think we'll see that win percentage beaten. 19 wins out of 22 races is an absolutely remarkable achievement. Uh, And I said this in Funniest Tweets, but I'm going to say in the podcast as well. I, I will back Max Verstappen to the hilt when it comes to this season and the achievement that he has managed. He has not had a more dominant car than the other cars we have seen in recent times. The Mercedes, the Red Bull previously to that, the Fer- even the Ferraris of, of Michael Schumacher days. Max Verstappen's car was not that dominant. He was not winning by a lap. He was not having four or five cars on the same lap as him. He, he had to be perfect almost every weekend, and he was, which made him look like it was a dominant car. Perez shows that that is not a car that is so easy to finish second place in, like Valtteri Bottas did on so many occasions when Hamilton was winning. Verstappen did something unbelievable this year. A lot of people are blinded by hate if they're Team LH and the whole 2021 saga, and you have their own reasons as to why they want to diminish his accomplishments. But from my side, a much much more neutral side, even though I had Charles Leclerc battling him last year, I could have, I could have some serious negative sentiments as well but I don't because you have to be able to appreciate what we've just seen yet the competitiveness was was not there as a fan I want to see racing I want to see championships going down to the wire that did not happen when you take a step back from that you look at 2023 and you go Max has achieved something that I don't think we'll, we will see in our lifetimes from here no uh, absolutely you've hit the nail on the head really the fact that you know when we're watching the season even as a Max Verstappen fan, you want to see him racing. You want to see, uh, you know, we want competition. This is the problem with Formula One. It's kind of, in other sports, greatness is perceived in a completely different way. But in Formula One, it always has this kind of boring tag. And in a, in a weird way, like this has happened, it's not a new thing. You know, like Hamilton had it all the time where it's like, oh, he's only winning because he's in the best car. And of course, the car does make a, a good, like, a huge chunk, like a huge percentage, but you have to deliver. And Max Verstappen has delivered the greatest Formula One season ever. Like, I don't think you can question that because 
you can look back at drivers in dominant cars and they've not done anywhere near what Max has done in cars that are even better, you know, and then people will go, oh, well, his teammate's rubbish. But like, uh, you know, Hamilton didn't get anywhere near to winning 10 races in a row in a Mercedes when Bottas was being useless as a teammate. And that car was really good. Michael Schumacher with Barry Kello. You know, th- these are all amazing seasons of Formula One. But Max has just taken it to another level. Like his win, his win percentage to beat a record from Jim Clark from when there was what, like six or eight races or whatever it was, is absolutely insane to do it over that season. And it just sums him up that he just never has a day off. Even what we were just talking about earlier could have quite easily gone, oh, I've already won many races. What's the point risking my front wing or whatever in this battle with Charles? No, I'm going to win again. And I'm going to go into the season where everyone thinks I'm unbeatable and it's all part of his mentality. And uh, yeah, despite we'll look back on this season as, you know, uh, it's not been the most exciting season now, but when Max retires you know, a few years time or whatever, like whenever that is, like we'll look back on this and it will get the the credit that it really deserves because it is the, the greatest season we've ever seen from a driver. Definitely. Here, here. Let's move on to my most memorable moment now. And um, of course, it's about Charles Leclerc uh, and the master plan that he was cooking, chefing up in the cockpit to try and get Ferrari P2 in the championship. Now, to yeah, fully sort of explain what was going on. Uh, Perez got a penalty, which we will discuss very shortly. Um, and essentially, Charles had to try and get Russell to finish behind Perez, but for Charles to finish ahead of Perez at the same time, which, granted, is one of the most difficult things, I think, to do on a racetrack where you don't have live timings unless you look up at the screen and see how far you are behind a particular driver. I mean, I'm sure that the team could feed that kind of information, but... Ferrari so probably not but it was it was Charles that was coming up with that strategy to try and help them secure P2 in the championship and on one side I'm really impressed by Charles and that he has that capacity to be constantly thinking about that sort of stuff and how we can help the team on the other side I'm thinking where's this comes from Ferrari do they want to finish second is this the master plan were they trying to bait Mercedes into winning Oh, Bill finishing P2 in the championship all along and they want that incremental advantage on the wind tunnel time. I don't know. I'm I'm frustrated on one side because Charles shouldn't be telling Ferrari what the strategy options are to try and finish second in the championship. But also on the other side, I'm like, my guy. Yeah, absolutely. Ferrari, it seems, and this has been a case pretty much all year, that the drivers always seem to pick the better strategy than Ferrari themselves. And when the drivers take it into their own hands, it normally seems to be better and they're the ones thinking of it. Whereas, uh, you know, the the Red Bulls of this world, you know, they're on the radio thinking that all the time and how to like maximize things and stuff. Um, so it's very clever from from Charles to, to think about that. Uh, it showed that there was, they did want to get P2 to a point, um, but it was never going to be like, ridiculously uh extreme like they gave it a good go but i don't think they were ever gonna do you know a a hamilton uh, on rosberg in 2016 where he's backing up the whole field because it's one of those things where it's worth a try but it's because it's only p2 in the title it's not something that you're gonna like go absolutely ridiculous for and risk of finishing p2 and ruin your whole race for not finishing p2 you mean uh 
yeah, sorry, him not finishing P2 and Ferrari not finishing P2, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the risk. Of course, he didn't want to throw away a P2 in, in a Formula One race. You know, it's it's still something that I'm sure Charles enjoys as being on the podium. And um I'm sure there are moments where he thinks about the times where Ferrari and himself have maybe made a mistake and and uh and it's not gone well, and then they become the meme uh of well, to be fair, I mean, when does Ferrari not become meme of the week? It's uh yeah, pretty tough, but I think he did all he could to be able to manage that and to be able to measure, as I say, that five-second gap and to hold up Russell by about a second, but also not get beaten by Perez was was an incredibly difficult thing. And Charles did all he could. It was just a shame that Sainz wasn't able to to, to score any points and had one of the worst weekends, I think, of, 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 the, of this year uh, for him. Question from P1 Patreon member Ruben. Did Perez deserve the penalty? No. No, he did not. That was a racing incident. I'm, I will gladly back that one. Yes, he made some contact. Yes, he misjudged it slightly. But Norris didn't end up in the wall. Norris was able to carry on. Norris was ahead of Perez. There was no advantage gained, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a little bit clumsy. And I'm not saying it is categorically not... He's not categorically deserving of a penalty. But on my, in my opinion, I think that's a racing incident. He then eventually gets passed cleanly. And, you know, we carry on. Rubbing is racing. Not sure that was rubbing. I think it was more like punching. Yeeting. Yeeting. But I don't know. I just felt like it was, you know, drivers are supposed to go for moves. They don't make it. Norris can carry on. He gets that advantage back. So for me, I don't think there's really too much more to be discussed, in my opinion. I think they were very trigger happy on the penalty there. Of course, and that's not just because I wanted Perez's Ferrari fault. to finish second. By the way, just just FYI, <laughs> just wanted to yeah preface that. Yeah, I mean Perez, of course he you know missed the apex, so it's more on him. Um, but it's not, you know, if Lando dived out of the way, cut over, Perez is just letting him back, you know, staying behind him and goes for another move again like is which is exactly what he did um but he gets a penalty so then you get do you get in the dangerous situation where the driver can just turn in that i'm not saying it's lando's fault for any second just to cover that off but like do you know what i mean like you could give another person a penalty um by taking two to tango and just lando could have just bailed out stayed ahead um because of course, like Perez, that's has a good point. Gone actually, deep. that's a really good point. Because you've, you've, I mean, it's not an absolute carbon copy. But let's say, for example, Charles Verstappen, Leclerc turns into Verstappen at or, lap one that, of or Vegas. what happened in twenty twenty one, where Verstappen lunged on Hamilton, Hamilton carried on, and yet it was seen as Hamilton's fault rather than Verstappen's fault because of the way in which he then darted over the track. Lando did the same thing. It would then be well, Lando's cut the corner. Does he deserve a penalty? So you kind yeah. of. Yeah, that that's that's something to take into account as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and and the fact that it then, you know, gets sorted out, Perez goes for the move again, it's clean, get on with it. Like I don't I don't personally want to see pe- like things get penalized for every little bit of contact, particularly when it's like bumping wheel to wheel, you know, he's not taking his front wing off or something like that. It was just wheel to wheel contact, hard racing. Didn't quite work out for Perez, did it again. So let's just move on. And then kind of what you alluded to as well, like it it gets to the point where 
if they're going to give five second penalties for everything like that, drivers won't attempt moves because they know. And I feel like that's something Formula One used to do. And then we always used to say this whole thing of like, well, no one's going to go for moves anymore because you just get, if it's slightly wrong, you'll get a penalty. There needs to be some kind of leniency. Uh, and I'm surprised there wasn't. So I think it was very harsh on on Perez to give him to give him that penalty. And it also did. Uh, I, I know this has nothing to do with it, like you said, but it did rob us of uh, watching him fight Russell, and it would have had a new dynamic. Not that it has. It shouldn't be anything to do with the stewards' decision, but that was just, just a shame. An additional thing, well. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And of course, then Perez, after the race, being investigated for his comments after uh, the race about the stewarding decisions, because he was not happy at all. Uh, and I, I can't believe that. And I get it. Uh, I, I, I get why he was so aggravated yeah. by it. But then also to be under investigation for, I don't think he said anything particularly out of hand. Like you're allowed to How disagree. How many times do drivers a, go, this is a joke yeah. or whatever, when they get a penalty? Like, wh- where's this come from? Unless there was a particular quote that we've missed where he's called the stewards a bunch of clowns or something, which, you know, uh, mm. potentially. Um, but yeah, I, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with him being under investigation either. Um, I think uh, Perez has been a little bit hard done by uh, in this Grand Prix. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't, right? Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritizes your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash p1pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p1pod. 
Emmanuel Thorpe comes in with a question. What happened to Ferrari's strategy with Carlos? Could they not have pitted him with 10 laps to go to try to get back in the points? It was uh, a roll of the dice for Carlos Sainz. Absolutely. Uh, I found it a little bit strange. I mean, they, they rolled the dice at first by starting on hards, going on a different strategy, hoping for everyone to have pitted and then a safety car comes out. But that didn't happen. Then they committed to another set of hards. So they were then again saying, okay, signs, we're not even going to try and catch anyone on a two-stop strategy. We're literally just going to risk it all and hope for a safety car. Because that's what they've done. They stayed out on the hards, much past where you then switch on to the mediums at the end, like Stroll did, for example, on his two-stop strategy. And they just looked a bit silly. Uh, I'm not going to be too harsh on them because Carlos Sainz wasn't quick. He wasn't that quick this weekend. He made mistakes, as we've seen, got knocked out in Q1 and wasn't making a huge amount of progress on his strategy. But that being said, Ferrari kind of set him up for failure with that second stop and how they then decided, OK, right, well, we're not even going to go on the mediums. We're literally just going to wait for something. Uh, and, and Abu Dhabi is not known for its safety cars either, uh, just purely because of the way the track is. Um, I think someone tweeted uh, that was in Funniest Tweets that said it's happened eight times in the last 15 years. So it's not a massive, frequent thing to happen. Um, so, yeah, a shame. But I think that's more sort of Carlos is doing and the position that he was in as opposed to Ferrari completely screwing his race. Because I don't think that was the case either. Yeah, I can't believe that that they gambled on a safety car at Abu Dhabi of all of all places that's not known for him, like you say. I, I'm surprised they didn't pit him, yeah, and just let him go absolutely ham. But it's not the worst strategy in the world. I think for all the the memes and the the roasting, Ferrari, there maybe is a little bit of truth sometimes to that. That Ferrari fans like beat up Ferrari a bit more when it's maybe a bit unnecessary. And I don't think this one is like absolutely outrageous. Um, you know, I've seen some people going, "Ah, oh, you know, they've bottled it with Carlos." Um, Ferrari's, you know, huge mistake to not get P2 in the title. But, you know, Mercedes have had their fair share of blunders this year. Like, I think it's been very close between Ferrari and Mercedes. And I was actually just thinking between the, the two cars. I think it's very hard to judge what car is actually the deserving winner in that fight because Ferrari maybe have got the quicker car, but Mercedes have been better in race trim. And I think that's evened it out quite a lot. And that's exactly what we've seen for them to be just a handful of points separated. So, yeah, I don't think you can really blame Ferrari too much. Um, it's quite easy to look back in hindsight because, of course, if it if they had got a safety car or there's some kind of incident, they'd have looked like the biggest geniuses in the world. They would have. And that's exactly what I said in Funniest Tweets as well, was the fact that they could have looked amazing uh, had a little vsc been thrown or something they were just trying to gain some time yeah literally anything wherever yeah. they wherever they could and uh, again i don't think signs was even on course to score points uh with how his race was sort of going perhaps if they'd committed earlier to a hard hard medium and and pitted more optimally the, then they may have got a, gotten away with it but as soon as they went past sort of early lap 40s and were still on the hards that's when the race was was pretty much ruined for Carlos. So, uh, so yeah, you say handful of points. There was three in the end, which is uh, very three. very close um, small between handful. the two. A, a very a, a grace sized handful. There you go. <laughs> uh, next question comes in from Ticey forty six. Why has Alpha Tauri done a Ferrari today with Yuki? They could have got sixth. 
Disagree. I disagree. I think Yuki Tsunoda was outperforming that car a lot. He was in the in the hunt in the medium tyre uh, battle. I think Verstappen was kind of managing his tyres a little bit, which kept the pack reasonably close together. Uh, but Yuki was doing a fantastic job. But I, I, I'd say in some ways going on to the hard tyre was, was where uh, Yuki started to struggle a little bit more in terms of his pace. And that's probably what they thought with in AlphaTauri was let's just go much longer on the mediums. We know that it's working quite well. And then we sort of minimize the pain when we go onto the hard tires. So for me, I wouldn't say they could have got sixth at all. I think that's judging on a early stint on a, on the medium tire. And if we look at say Ferrari, for example, they're very similar in the way in which uh, they lost a bit of speed when they went onto the white walled uh, Pirelli tire as well. So, um, I think Yuki did absolutely everything he could. I think he maximized it. He, he led the race. Tommy got very excited. And uh, it was a very good day for, for Alpha Tauri. Let's not forget that is a car that's not that quick. And Yuki put it in a place it didn't deserve this weekend. Yeah, he did. And let's be honest, the, the, it, was a, it was a huge long shot for Alpha Tauri to replace, uh, sorry, to get ahead of Williams in the constructors. I think they needed six, was it? Uh, on the road um i believe to to get enough points and that was always a big ask particularly in a race where if you look at this is why i don't think it's a huge strategy error from alpha tauri because if you look at the drivers that were ahead of him at the start he was obviously running really high up fernando alonso got ahead maybe could have beaten fernando alonso if they'd done a similar strategy who knows but that's probably only one place perez was doing Perez things like he always does where he qualifies low and gets through the field and was going to beat Yuki anyway. Uh, and no one, none of the, you know, no one ahead of him retired or anything and there was uh, no real retirement. So this is the problem with, um, with the strategy that it's not, they had to go for broke really to try and displace Williams because see why they did a gamble because of course, virtual like exactly with science right if they if there's a virtual safety car or anything that that p8 p7 finish could turn into like a p4 p5 or something and it could end up being an absolute worldie of a strategy um so i think it was a risk worth taking because i don't think they lost out all that much if at all really um and it's still eighth uh, is an absolutely incredible result when no one's uh, DNF'd. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Very impressive. No, no one did. I would have liked to have seen potentially them follow the strategy just in a, in an alternate universe just to see whether or not just that would see. have actually worked out for them because I guess on one side, just covering them off, you then fight on track as opposed to doing the overcut and then relying on a slower car but with fresher tyres to make up that deficit. Similar to Mercedes, I suppose, in America and Cota where you're going, why are they trying the overcut when they're just trying to fight the cars around them and trying to fight Verstappen and why are you trying to beat them on pace? Because that's sort of what that was. But I guess with it being a one-stop, you're kind of gambling on something going your way. So, uh, no, I still think that AlphaTauri did a very good job and Yuki did as well. Next moment, next thing, is biggest winner, driver or team? Well, I know exactly who you're picking, Dommy. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anyone that deserves other than Yuki Tsunoda because he's probably the mm. only one that's really stood out that's a surprise, really. Everyone else has kind of done what they normally do, I guess. I would uh, I would throw Russell into the mix. I think that was a really 
strong True. weekend strong for him and season. needing he needed that to to actually deliver on his promising qualifying pace and to score a podium and to essentially secure Mercedes second in the constructors. Uh, so without him, uh, Ferrari would have got that. So I think I might lock him in uh, just purely because you're going for Sonoda. Because, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think he fair, does deserve, yeah, commending uh, somewhat. Biggest loser. Is it Haas Science? or is it Alfa Romeo or is it Sainz? I guess Sainz has had an absolute Stinker. nightmare. And he's lost Ferrari um, second in the championship, you'd have to say. So probably Sainz in yeah. that case. Just just to throw a rogue one out there, I don't think it is him, but uh, just a shout out to Pierre Gasly, who's probably just thinking that he wants to just leave Alpine right now because <laughs> how, he, how he's finished behind Ocon again after his drive. Uh, I think he's going to be absolutely raging, and I can. What I even can went wrong why. with his race? Because he was, yeah, I think he was running around sort of seventh or eighth, wasn't he? And he was looking really good. I think you even said on the watch. Then long, they oh, pit okay. Ocon first. Yeah. Pit Ocon first, then he pit, and then he pit again after fifteen laps. And then they messed up his pit stop. He did get hit by Hamilton, which maybe got. Oh, a bit there's a damaged, bit of damage but... there that they said, but he was very surprised. He was running really well. Pace. Should have got some points. He should yeah, have. It's tough uh, for Gasly. But he did not, unfortunately. He did not, no. So. Uh, no, I'm going to lock in Science just because uh, th- I think ultimately, I, and it's tough on him because I saw that, um, you know, he's hit hit a bump in qualifying and uh, it's, sorry, not qualifying, FP2, was it? Yeah, FP2. Um, and then just had a bit, uh, I guess it was his fault in, in the session, should have recovered from that. But yeah, so it's all gone wrong for Carlos this week and of course he's dropped all the way down to seventh in the Titanic battle for fourth. Although that being said, I think you'd you'd, you'd take the win and finishing last of that that group of four, wouldn't you? Than than not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only driver to the only to win that wasn't a Red, Red Bull, Bull driver, win. which is um, insane uh, to say the least. What a season! <laughs> Speaking of what a season, what a season it's been for predictions as well. So before we dive into this, Tommy, do you know how many points you're behind? Because you need to go and find uh, that out, if not. Yes, I have fuming. worked it out. And uh, you are on 60 points. I am on 56 points. Okay, so, so you're four, four behind. behind. Has Here we go. Tommy Sheft? This is the question. Here we go, then. Biggest good surprise. I went for McLaren. And they didn't deliver no. to the level of which I thought they might have done at one point in qualifying. So zero points for me. Tommy. I've gone for Yuki Sonoda. That's a go-to that, prediction. That is probably my best prediction of the year, I think. Of the year? So wow. Probably. You finished eighth, mate. Chill out. Quite... <laughs> it is quite rogue, though. I, I think mean, you're, you're locking did, in he, on the fact literally, that Literally, I, I would... Yeah. And he was the literal biggest good surprise of the race as well. Which yeah, fair. We obviously don't... We don't... Don't do, do any extra that, points. But, Sorry, mate. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I wish. You get a point, so that means you have now closed the gap to three. Okay. Biggest flop. <sighs> the power. I hate you the so power much. within so me. Valtteri Bottas. And he's had one of the worst races I've ever seen. Alfa Romeo went it? from so quick in practice to Bottas finishing 19th a lap down and him and Magnussen fighting to be the worst driver by a country mile this weekend. Um, 
what they were doing, I don't know, were one-stop strategy and then putting him on the mediums for about 29 laps, which is just... I can only assume that in that practice performance, Bottas hadn't seen you hadn't seen the podcast yet and you watched and then yeah watched and then sorry it went ah oh, damn all right right one stop me like, i'm gonna get points in. damn matt p1 tommy got hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh definitely so yeah bottas that is definitely a point unfortunately sorry valtry oh, i need to find i need we need to work out how many flops i've actually scored this year because i think yeah it's we crazy. need to do a compilation video don't we yeah absolutely um i went for lando norris oh no it's not it's no. not unfortunately we're not massive he, he definitely mate. like he definitely underachieved um but it's not a flop it is not a flop at all let's go to pole position then i went for lando norris possible it could have happened then he made a mistake you tommy i went for max verstappen congratulations back bang to the easy point so back to three three behind my well our top three in third place, I went for Hamilton. No. I went for George Russell. It's two cooking, behind. Cooking. Okay. The Michael Massey championship. Oh, my God. He's cooking. Oh, God. I'm panicking now. Uh, in second place, I went for Verstappen. No. I went for Sergio Perez. No. No. And then in first place, I went for Norris. No. I went for Verstappen. It's one. I, um, it's one point. One point behind. One point behind. Into the crazy prediction. As we go Who'd to the thought? crazy predictions, where down the inside goes Gallagher. No one retires. Oh, he's did. done it. What a move. Science did. Science did. Science retired. No. <laughs> you literally no, 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 worded no, no. it. Retired. Oh. And science retired. No, 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 I mean, no, 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 but you're fine. Yeah, no, yeah, it's fine, yeah. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was. Okay. Uh, so if no, I get this, they, if I get 20 this were crazy classified. No, but he, you, you worded it. I even looked oh. and I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Ferrari I was so smug. On the last lap. I was so um, smug. So I need this one to come in. And I went for Alfa Romeo get a point. Yeah. The worst thing. Oh, the worst Megan, thing you is said I, it. Nearly, you said I nearly it. changed it. What were I you going to say? I, I don't know. I can't even remember. I think I nearly was going to say Alfa Tari got a point, which would have done it. But oh. I, I, I was like, no, I'll back it. Biggest flop. And you said you'd regret week. it. Why did I? You said I you'd even, regret it. I, I did, because I watched it back and I was like, oh, oh yeah, Bottas. Um, I don't even know why I'm backing it. He's going to finish last and just have an absolute <laughs> mare, isn't he? And it's exactly what happened. Um, that being said, so I cannot believe we have done one, two, three, four, five, six, like six to ten predictions over a 22-race season and been separated by one point. I mean, what a season. What I mean, look, if you didn't have a fight for the real championship in the drivers, you had one between Matt and Tommy. I think next year we'll definitely keep you up to date more frequently as to Throughout what the, the season. We'll have like a leaderboard or something. Uh, yeah, 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 something to, to keep everybody Although in Although we'll never top loop. that. Although the only thing that would have topped it, which would have been absolutely hilarious, which would have just been too perfect for content, is if 
you'd have been denied by Ferrari retiring on the last lap of the final Grand Prix. If I was one point behind win. or something. Yeah, that would have been so funny. Like people would have people wouldn't have actually believed us that that like we hadn't rigged that. Yeah, because I happened. also would have been smug and been like, nobody retired, and then Sainz yeah. retired on the and last then it's lap. Like Ferrari just pain, but alas, no. But my God, we cooked with that. Massey Championship, didn't we? One we really point. did. Wow. Well, congratulations, Tommy. I look forward to whatever my prize will be. Um, and uh, just let me let, let Charles win a race next year. That's what I saved my, my. I'll allow Grace and her be. new Ferrari overalls. Yes, I'm so yeah, ready. Oh my God, Ferrari going to be so quick. Uh, and then over to your three <laughs> crazy predictions for one final time. Uh, Davis Fang says Hass gets a point. No, nope, they were. Very washed. Exactly what we thought. Yeah, Hulkenberg literally fell to like 17th almost immediately, didn't he? We were sat there going, ah, that's kind of what we thought would happen. And it happened very quickly. 83 seconds off the lead by the end. Just classic Haas just going, yeah, we'll just cook our tyres to smithereens. And they're campaigning for points in qualifying, aren't they, really? They really are. Yeah. Uh, All that jazz. Stroll on the podium. Stroll not even in the points. I did find no, it quite interesting. Oh, did he get one point? He got one point, yeah, yeah. Congrats, Stroll. Um, I do <laughs> find it weird that uh, Aston Martin, again, I think I pointed this, before, pointed this out before, but again, they're the only team that decide to do some sort of cycle through their hard tyres before they then go out for the race. It's like they never use yeah. a new set of hard tyres, uh, which I find quite interesting because no other team uh, do that. So uh, I'll just add that bit of, bit of information in. And then finally, Realm Copia. A driver will win their first ever Grand Prix. That is that is a point. Well uh, done. Yeah. Max hasn't won this year, has he? Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> you can't even laugh at that. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't yeah. wait. I can't what wait because you support Leeds season. United, so I'm really excited <laughs> for when that luck comes into Formula One and Verstappen oh, is actually yeah, in yeah. some kind of, you know, car that, doesn't well it's just not going to happen is it we're here for another couple of years at the very least where Red Bull are dominating uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it so we will be doing our F1 to 10 driver ratings as you always look forward to one final one of those uh, and that is pretty much it I, I don't know if there's anything else we should really talk about in this race because not a lot happened did it Tommy no surprising for Abu Dhabi it's normally such a thrilling oh, track sarcasm for is off the charts at the moment i'm loving it uh logie bear didn't finish last want to probably shout that one out congratulations he saved his season he saved his season with a solid 16th that is uh uh actually that is one one thing to mention shout out to logie for beating paul de vries in the drivers championship if you saw he drives for trident the graphic who drives a Trident from Estonia. How did they actually, get that wrong? Well, actually, um, it's obviously a glitch. Uh, and there's a driver called Paul Aaron from uh, Estonia who drives a Trident in F3. Um, so there's I don't know how the, the system has got confused. Um, but the funny thing is I tweeted the graphic and that Paul Aaron guy replied saying... Hey, don't be rude. 
about the fact that that it shows that he is last in the championship. I know you said didn't you say like oh you know you can say whatever you want about Logan Sargent, but he's absolutely destroyed Paul DeVries from Estonia. Exactly. Um but yeah, Logie's not had the best season. But I did read that James Vowles was on the radio at the end being like, Oh well, next year, you know. So maybe he's staying. Wow. You sound enthralled by that, Tommy. Yeah, well, a well deserved P21. <laughs> didn't even finish oh, P20. Look, I, I, I chefed couldn't up. Even, couldn't, couldn't even give me that one prediction of him finishing P20, could he? Just I, had to deny it. I love me. that. I can't wait to reflect on our uh, pre-season predictions <laughs> and how, how well we've we've done. We, of course, we predicted the whole t- first to 20th in the championship, mm, and I'm yes. pretty sure I put Charles Leclerc at the top, so that would be good to reflect on. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff that are coming your way. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to keep you entertained all the way up to pretty much Christmas, I'd say. And uh, we will see you. Actually, we've got loads of cool stuff coming out as well. Driving Formula E cars and Daniel Ricciardo road trips and this, that and the other. So lots of stuff to look forward to. Uh, thank you. I want to say a thank you. I've been saying thank you everywhere on Twitch and on Twitter. But also I want to say a thank you on the podcast, whether that's audio or video, for your incredible support this year. On the audio side, we've hit 10 million listens, which is absolutely ridiculous. Donkulous. It's a number that I can't even begin to fathom, especially considering we've only been going for nine and a half months. Uh, and we've enjoyed every single second of doing this podcast, haven't we, Tommy? We sure have. And I will, yeah, echo your statements. We said it on Twitch to all you lovely people that, that have kind of supported us on Twitch, but to also anyone watching on YouTube or, or listening on the podcast, yeah, your support has been absolutely amazing. I can't believe it's the end already of uh, our first season doing this. Uh, like like we've mentioned before, it was a terrifying, terrifying leap to go solo. Uh, and I couldn't have imagined it had gone even 1% uh, as well as it has been. So thank you all for the support and continuing to listen and enjoy our waffle, even in a season uh, that... May not have been the greatest in terms of entertainment, but next year when Charles Leclerc and Verstappen are battling out for the title, please, there'll be some spice. I'm so down for that. I'm so ready when Charles Leclerc comes out on top. <laughs> um, so shameless plug, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a like or leave us a five-star review if you haven't already, um, because it really does help us. And that is it. The final race review podcast is done. Lots more to come, as I've already said, and we'll see you very soon in 2024 for the next race review podcast where Charles Leclerc wins the Bahrain Grand Prix 97 days till we hear the Dutch anthem again yay (laughs) bye everyone thank you lots of love we're doing a heart for audio we're doing a heart for audio no we're doing a heart for video but telling you on audio Yes, that's the one. (laughs) Tiredness. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.